Greetings, friend. Thanks for joining us. I'm Karen Broadhead, founder and director of Mothers Who Know. All women have mother hearts. You are needed here because your light and desires matter. I want to personally invite you to thoughtfully act for yourself and come check out all of the wonderful in Mothers Who Know. Speaking of wonderful, welcome and come on into our Mothers Who Know Boundaries podcast series. We have created several awesome episodes for you by enlisting the help of our trusted friend, Ashley Lovett, clinician for the Worth Group here at Life Changing Services and Marriage Repair Instructor. Our hope is to increase your understanding and confidence around boundaries. The thought of setting a healthy boundary is something we can all vocalize, but how do we go about it? What does that really look like right where we live as we try to do our bumpy best in our relationships? Often, it feels kind of big and confusing to me. You may be surprised to discover that boundaries are ultimately just about you and how you prioritize feeling the spirit in your life, which is super cool. And one of the reasons we appreciate how Ashley teaches boundaries, because in Mothers You Know, we do the important work of owning our personal battlefield, discovering where our power lies by fighting the real battle. The real battle is to keep the spirit. When we keep the spirit, we win all the battles. It's neat to notice that we have been talking the language of boundaries here in Mothers You Know without saying the word boundary. Like, stay by the tree, own your field. Notice, just notice, stay in your truth, and you are the atmosphere angel darkness spheres because you discern the three spheres of power. There's my power, your power, and God's power. Whenever you step out of your sphere of power, you become miserable. And one of our favorite boundaries things to say that brings so much clarity and relief there's only one savior, and it's not you. You get to be the mother who fights with and for our savior and champion, Jesus Christ, to support his great work, to bring to pass the success of your family. We can cheerfully do those things that lie in our power, then stand still with assurance to see God's power revealed. Alrighty then. We would love your feedback. Enjoy the series and be sure to listen at the end of each episode so you don't miss how to find out more about our neat Q&A meeting with Ashley Lovett when our Boundaries podcast series concludes. Be sure to note your questions along the way and check out the show notes for some great info. Okay, let's get to it. This is such a neat opportunity for all of us. Boundaries are kind of a buzzword these days. If something's not working out, everybody knows to say, well, you know, you could set up a healthy boundary there or something. I've just asked my friend Ashley to come and talk to us. I appreciate her approach to boundaries. And I found us in a mother's who know that we need some more information on boundaries and how to approach that in our with ourselves and people that we love and do a series with us and 
So we're just beginning it today and we're going to start at ground zero where it's just like, let's pretend no one knows anything about boundaries. And then we're going to just see where this goes, but we're going to kind of run it like a class. So I have, yeah, several women, their voices will be, not their voices, their names will be taken out of the recordings. You'll just hear their voices as we go through this class. So you can learn from all of us together in this and while Ashley runs this series of classes about boundaries with us. And so there you go. I'm going to turn it over to Ashley so she could just tell us a little bit about where we're headed. All right. So first, let me start by clearly communicating a boundary. I have to pick up my daughter in 58 minutes. So we will be ending in approximately 50 minutes so that I can go pick her up from school. So just know that that's where our end goal is. I'll watch the time and kind of guide the discussion, but just so we all know when the end is happening. Also, a little disclaimer, I teach using principles from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints just because that's how my brain works. So if anything that I say doesn't necessarily apply to you, wouldn't wear, if you agree with the teachings or not in this recording, I don't know who all will be listening, the principles are still true regardless of where they're coming from. So that's just like a disclaimer because we're going to start off by reading in Alma chapter 52. I stumbled across this scripture when I was learning about boundaries myself. And I was so excited because of what it does. So let me, I'm gonna show little slides for those of you that can watch because that's how I like to organize lessons. So let me share my screen and show this little slide. So Alma chapter 52 verses five through seven states, and now Tiancum saw that the Lamanites were determined to maintain those cities. Oh, background. Okay, so Lamanites and Nephites are battling. We're in Alma. It's the war chapters. And Tiancum has been battling hard against the Lamanites. And he's trying to decide what to do next. And he notes, he sees that the Lamanites are determined to maintain those cities which they had taken and those parts of the land which they had obtained possession of. And also seeing the enormity of their number, Tiancum thought it was not expedient that he should attempt to attack them in their forts. There's a ton of them. I'm not going to go attack them right now. But he kept his men round about as if making preparations for war. Yea, and truly he was preparing to defend himself against them by casting up walls round about and preparing places of resort. And it came to pass that he kept thus preparing for war until Moroni had sent a large number of men to strengthen his army. So here I am learning about boundaries for the first time, and I'm reading in Alma, the war chapters, which I typically snooze through. And suddenly what I notice are all of these boundary phrases. He's casting up walls. He's preparing a place of resort. He's continuing to do these things until aid comes. And this was the first time that I went, oh my goodness, I think boundaries are something that we learn about in the gospel all the time. I think maybe they're a God-given thing. So that started my study on boundaries. The definition of a boundary is a boundary is a limit about what we can do and what we cannot do, what we are willing to do and not willing to do, what we cope with and what we cannot cope with. So boundaries are just all about us, what we can do. We're going to try to bring some safety to prevent damage from happening. We're going to try to make sure that we have a place of resort, like Tiancom did, that we have time to feel some peace, even in the middle of the battles that we're facing. We're going to set boundaries on what kind of behavior we do. So Tiancom kept thus preparing, even though there was lots going on. So he made these behaviors. So I, have, I classify boundaries into three different types. 
There are protection boundaries, which are my general rules for how life is lived to bring protection in all areas. There are safety boundaries, which is situation specific based on what's happening and if I need to find safety in this immediate moment. And there's inclusion boundaries, which is all about my values, my behaviors, how I choose to live and what I bring into my life. So we're going to talk about each of those. Protection boundaries are things that I put in my into place in my life to just ensure there's protection. We're going to use the metaphor of like taking an elementary school kid to the park. So we have this elementary school kid. We're going to take him to the park. And you have just as a general rule for your family, the we don't talk to strangers, right? That's going to be our protection boundary. It's applicable in all scenarios. We don't talk to strangers. This is something that will help us stay safe. That's a protection boundary. It's just applicable. It's something that we have to ensure some protection in any area. Now, when I take my kid to the park, I'm going to look around at the park and I'm going to say, See those trees on that back part. See this sidewalk over here against that big road. This is where I will be sitting. You need to stay within this circle of the trees and the sidewalk and where I'm sitting. You need to stay where I'm sitting. That's a scenario specific. And that's a boundary of safety. Right now, in the immediate, what I'm going through, I need a safety boundary to just build this up. And then there's inclusion boundaries. So sitting at the park as the parent, my behavior is going to be actively watching my children to ensure their safety. So that's my last boundary. I have included in my life. These are the behaviors that I will have. This is how I will respond. Here are my values. So this is what I'm doing. I value keeping my kids safe. I'm going to do that by ensuring I'm sitting in a place where I can see them and that I'm actively watching them not playing on my phone or taking a nap or whatever other thing might be, right? So they're going to be different for each person. It's going to be based on their own value system. It's going to be based on their needs and wants, which we talked about in the beginning when we were identifying things. And those are inclusion boundaries. I think personally, the safety and protection boundaries are important, but it's really hard to do any safety and protection boundary work until we first know about ourselves. We have to know what our safety needs are we have to know what we need to protect ourselves from. And so it's going to be, I like to focus first on personal boundaries, on inclusion boundaries. What needs to be in my life? What things do I need to adapt? So today we're going to talk about inclusion boundaries. And we can venture a little bit into some of the safety and some of the protection boundaries if we need to. But first, we're just going to talk, talk about steps one, depending on time, maybe two, steps one and two of inclusion boundaries of what I should have in my life. Any questions on those three different types before we get going? Can you just say this one? This one, just name them again. There's this, there's that, there's that. Yes, I can. Also, I think I labeled them backwards just now, reviewing the footage in my head. So if I say something different this time than I did last time, this is the correct one, okay? <laughs> so there are protection boundaries, which are my general rules for how life is lived to bring protection in all areas. There are safety boundaries, which is situation specific based on what's happening and if I need to find safety in this immediate moment. And there's inclusion boundaries, which is all about my values, my behaviors, how I choose to live and what I bring into my life. All right. Thank you. All right. So inclusion boundaries, I work with worth. So all of my next slides are going to be worth specific if I choose to show them but that doesn't mean they're not applicable in other areas. 
So what the if, first step, what, sorry, what was that? Really quick. What's worth? Oh, okay. <laughs> worth is the program that's part of life-changing services that's specifically designed to help women who are experiencing betrayal trauma. And betrayal trauma is all of the things that happen in our experience personally when you have a spouse who's engaged in sexual misbehaviors, including pornography use and other actions. So I typically work in that area. And so this is going to, when I show some examples, it's going to have that skew, but that doesn't mean it's not applicable in all areas. So, okay. So an example of an inclusion boundary is Joshua twenty four fifteen, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you the day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He's putting in an inclusion boundary for what kind of expectations he has for himself what he's going to include in his life. So the first step of inclusion boundaries is identifying what those are. Joshua needs to have service for the Lord. That's something he's going to include. What do I need to include in my life? What kind of things do I need to make sure that I have? What do I need? But also, what do I want? Are there any things that really I desire to have? And I like to do this through a process called writing a personal bill of rights where you stop and you identify those things that are important to you that are vital for your peace of mind, that are vital for your sanity, that are vital for you to feel safe, that are vital for you, whatever other things might be. And you just start contemplating what this might be. And then you write your own personal bill of rights to go along with it. So I'll share an example of my personal bill of rights, and then you guys can ask questions. I think it's important to write it formally to remind yourself that this is important and you do have these rights. It's not a lie. I think it's important to write it with the spirit. So you have your heavenly parents also telling you this is important and you do deserve to have these things in your life. This is okay. So after connecting with the spirit and engaging, I write out formally and this is what mine looks like. So my personal bill of rights says, I actually have the right to live in a home where the spirit of God can reside. I have the right to express my needs in a healthy way and expect them to be met either by those that love me or by my own actions. I have the right to feel loved and important. I have the right to spend time with those that uplift me and the right to leave those situations that do not. I have the right to be edified spiritually every day, especially Sunday, regardless of the speakers and the lessons being presented. I have the right to the truth and to expect honesty from those in my home. And I have the right to deny access to my home to those who cause the spirit to leave or are unable to be honest. I have a right to act on the promptings of the spirit, regardless of what information I am being presented. I have a right to be wrong and the right to change my mind. I have the right to be the villain in someone else's story and know that doesn't make their story true. I strive to be the best me and love it. When my rights are not being respected or upheld, I will take quick action to adjust so that they are, even if it is my choices that are the problem. That last sentence is my personal inclusion boundary about my rights. What will I do? How will I respond? What does my behavior look like? What thoughts or questions or comments do we have on step one, on figuring out what your inclusion boundaries are? Yeah, just because you were kind of talking inclusion and you said that one right there was my statement of inclusion. Could we see it again and read it again? For sure. Right. So we have this last sentence is an inclusion boundary that I ended up including after I thought about my Bill of Rights. It says, when my rights are not being respected or upheld, I will take quick action to adjust so that they are, even if it is my choices that are the problem. So I need these rights to be upheld. These are things I have a right to experience. 
And that starts wherever I figure out what my boundaries are. And my first boundary was that I'm going to respect and uphold my own rights. And I'm going to make sure that I change and adjust so that I'm upholding those. If I can't feel the spirit in my home, what am I going to do to ensure that I can? If I am feeling stressed about being wrong and having people look at me strangely, well, I have a right to be wrong. So what am I going to do to allow myself to feel peace and know that I can uphold my right to be wrong if I'm needed? So that's my last sentence to help me remember that it's okay. Yeah. Questions? Yeah. Just to clarify, so at the end when you say, even if my choices are the problem, is that what you mean by if whatever is going on, I can still put put myself in a safe place by put, enacting my boundary, what I've already set down, and even though I can accept that I'm wrong, it's, does that make sense? I'm trying to understand. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. there will be other people who are disrespecting me or who are not allowing me to uphold those rights. Like if I have someone lying to me, that's their choice. That's what they're doing. So dealing with that is going to require one kind of boundary. But sometimes I am lying to myself. Sometimes I'm lying to others. Sometimes I'm not doing my scripture reading that is required for me to feel of the spirit. But I have a right to feel of the spirit. So what behaviors do I need to adjust in myself in order to make sure that I am maintaining those rights that I have? So you're enacting the boundary on yourself, being like yes. self. Hey, yeah, let's do this. Okay. That's where boundaries have power is when we use them to help ourselves, when we use them to define ourselves, when we say, you know what, right now, I don't feel like being truthful in this situation, but I have a boundary. I have a right to be honest and a right to expect honesty from others. And so I am going to choose to behave in this way. I've already set up my boundary that I will behave. Right now, I feel like screaming at my children. But I've already decided that I want to make sure the spirit can be felt in my home. And when I scream, I don't feel the spirit. So how am I going to behave? What am I going to do to ensure that I uphold my own rights? One of the things you mentioned that I thought, yeah, just some clarity and where to even start with that is this Bill of Rights, like you mentioned. So a lot of it is like an identity statement, like mm -hmm. kind of who you are, what you desire, what for, what you long for, those kinds of things, right? Yeah. And once you have all that information, like even if you were just to make a list, so like if you've never done an identity statement or even thought of that, where would you even start? That would be a good question, I think. I want to know what everyone else thinks about that. Where do you even start when you're beginning to build that identity, write those identity statements? Or if you've done the marriage repair class, we call them marital mission statements. This is what I envision for my future. Where do you even start? I think about like my, it's funny how I can teach, I can teach my kids to set boundaries with their friends and I can, like I'm good at doing that, helping them to set their boundaries. And when they come to me, advice on what should I how should I handle this situation like even last night with my own daughter breaking up with her boyfriend <laughs> and I easily could say help her know how to say things politely but also with respecting herself and having her heard but when it comes to me duh, I it I yeah I forget <laughs> and like you saying right here to write that that personal bill of rights is like 
wow, that's powerful to think because I, you know, especially with the world and what's going on right now, I think about the Bill of Rights and how there's so many things that were that are trying to be taken away and whatnot. And I'm like, wow, Bill of Rights, what is it that I want? What is it that I need? And as I continue on this new path and the new things that are coming in my life, I'm thinking this is a powerful, just that I think of the real Bill of Rights, you know, the Bill of Rights that we have and then applying it to myself. I, I just never thought of doing that. So that's a really powerful. I like that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing the, it's so funny how trying to apply things to ourselves is so much harder than trying to apply them to our daughters, right? One of the tools that Maurice often suggests is it's called a handbook to my daughter. That when you're trying to figure things out, you start by writing a handbook to my daughter or a handbook to my little sister or a handbook, you know, whatever person gets you into that mode of being able to help. So Bill of Rights, write a handbook to your daughter. That would be one option. What rights does my daughter have to experience in her home? Start there and start writing. What kind of life you hope for her? What kind of home you want for her? What kind of parenting experience you desire she gets to have? Start by writing out her rights. And then go back and see how many of them apply to you. It's great. So good. Yeah, that is really helpful too, because I feel like sometimes it is really hard because for some reason you think like everybody else deserves rights except for me, right? Like I'm the one that keeps everybody having their rights, but then that makes it so we don't have our own. And so I think that was super great the way you described that as mothers and women, it sometimes happens that way. So that was really helpful. Thank you. We have this really beautiful concept of service that is just, let me keep serving. Let me keep serving. I know I grew up understanding incorrectly that service means losing myself and therefore I should never take care of myself, which is not the same thing. (laughs) And so allowing myself to have this time, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, actually, that talked about the commandment to multiply and replenish. And they used multiply with the idea of service, of giving more, of multiplying the joy, of multiplying the service, of multiplying the good things that are happening and replenish as also you need to pause and make sure that you are okay. Take care of yourself a little bit and you have that right to. I have the right to replenish after I've been multiplying or before I'm able to multiply. I have the right to replenish. But that's part of it. Part of that commandment is to stop and replenish, to prepare that place of resort like Tian comes in. What about, since we're talking about how do we find, how do we write this, maybe reflection on episodes or moments where you're not happy and and reflecting on why that is and kind of going on that path of, I don't like that. Why don't I like that? I want to change that. Would that be a place to start? Yes. That takes us right into step two. So we'll we'll just start talking about step two, which is going to be thinking and identifying like that. I'm going to pull up a screen share again. Okay, so step two comes from this scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 5. Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. I came across this one while I was studying emotion work and what emotions are. My favorite phrase I got from my co-mentor at one of the mentor-led groups is that feelings are our friends. And so what's going on here? And I was contemplating this idea that feelings are our friends when I came across this scripture that tells me that I will feel no evil thing. And I find that beautiful. 
I don't believe there's such a thing as a bad emotion. I think emotions are there to provide us with information that maybe we don't consciously know yet. It's supplying us with things about what's happening. So if we look at the feelings wheel, we have all of these different types of emotions. I never classify them as good emotions or bad emotions. Oh, in fact, I'm going to show you a different feelings wheel because I have a better one now than that one. I classify them as all as just friends who have information for me. And so I'm going to approach them the same way that I approach any friend. If I have a friend walk through my door right now, I would not say, ah, stop, get out, get out. You can't be here. I'm not supposed to see you, friend. You should not be part of my life. I'm going to instead say, hey, why are you here? Like, this is a random time for you to show up. What's happening here? That's what our feelings are doing. They're showing up. And our goal is to stop and go, hey, hey, anger, what's happening? Why are you here right now? What's going on? So I stumbled across this feelings wheel and it talks about the right side of the feelings wheel, which are things like proud and joyful and intrigued and trusting and loving and peaceful. And that these are feelings we experience when our needs are being met. And then the left side of the feeling wheel, anger, disgust, afraid, surprised, sad, ashamed, are things that we experience when our feelings are not being met. And their job, our feelings job, is to give us information. Quite often that information is going to be, hey, you're not upholding your bill of rights. Or, hey, you have a need that isn't being met right now. Their job is to bring us and make us aware of these things that we're experiencing that we maybe didn't know about before. And when we stop and get curious and talk to them, why are you here? They can help us out. So often they'll help us out with things. Oh, sorry, I cut some off. Go ahead. Actually, if I'm a listener, I might think, well, well I want to see that feeling well feelings will she's looking at where what's the name of your feelings will that you just showed that have the thatness that's a good question i okay i googled it <laughs> and i stumbled across this feelings rule that had needs met so i should really find the source of it yeah and you know what? We'll, share we'll put it. it in the show notes that'll work yeah i'll find the exact link put it in the show notes and and, and i do know you can just google you know feelings will and many when your needs are being met yeah many yeah. When your needs are being met, feelings yeah. well when your needs are being met. Okay. And that should bring it up. All right. So our feelings are there to help us understand when needs are being met and when they're not being met. So the next thing we need to identify are what are our needs? So we start with the Bill of Rights. What are our rights? What are the things that I should be experiencing? And sometimes our feelings will be saying, hey, you're not upholding your rights. <laughs> you're not upholding your right to feel peace. That's why you're feeling so anxious right now, because there are these things. Sometimes it's going to say, you're feeling anxious right now because there's other this other need that isn't being met. So I'm going to pull up a, a list of core needs. And we'll just read through them real quickly. Some of them will stand out to you and you'll go, oh, yep, that resonates. Some of them will trigger a different thought. Write that other thought down because that's probably one of your core needs, right? This is not exhaustive by any means. But just pay attention. There are these things that we have that are just a core need of ours that often our emotions want us to know. So here's a core need. We might have the need for acceptance or to be respected, a need to be liked or to be understood, a need to be needed and a need to be valued, a need to be in control or a need to be right, a need to be treated fairly, a need for attention, a need for comfort, a need for freedom, a need for peacefulness, balance, consistency, a need for order or predictability, a need for love and safety, a need to feel included, a need for autonomy, a need for fun, 
a need for new challenges, a need for independence. What other needs popped into your mind as we were reading those ones? Was connection on there? No, it was not on there. Connection. I, I don't know if this was on there, but I felt to be heard and understood. A need to be heard and understood or a need to be seen. Sometimes we just need to be seen, right? When we identify those core needs, then we can start working with inclusion boundaries. What can I do? So I think of, I think of, I have a little thing right here. The Liahona had two spindles. And I came across this podcast, I think, that was talking about the importance of having two spindles. That if we just had one spindle on the Liahona, I'm going to pretend this little block is Liahona. If we just had one spindle on the Liahona, then anywhere I pointed, it's going to be pointing forward. But when we put two spindles on, then one's pointing the way that I'm facing and the other is pointing the way that I should be going. And so bringing those together helps me know which way to go, which is why the Liahona had to have two spindles. It can show which way you're facing and which way you need to be going. I think of my core needs and my bill of rights as my two spindles for boundaries. When I'm feeling one of the emotions that lets me know there's something going on, then I pause and say, okay, is there a need that's not being filled right now? Or is there something on my bill of rights that isn't being met? I use these two things to see where I even need boundaries. And then that's where I start. And I almost always start with an inclusion boundary. I have a need to feel seen. So what can I do in my life to make sure I'm going to feel seen today? I have a need to, I have the right to feel joy. So what can I do in my life that's going to help make sure I feel joy today? And my inclusion boundaries are my behaviors based on these two things. And making sure that I include in my life those things that I've already identified are vital for me to be able to survive, but also just live. Like, I'm not going to be constantly in survival mode. These are the things that are vital for me to just live and be okay. We have maybe 20 minutes left. I would love to spend that 20 minutes just answering questions or talking about your personal boundary needs that are maybe inclusion-based and thoughts that you have. I can keep blabbering on, but what thoughts do you guys have so far or questions are going on? Yeah. You, can you give us an example of how that would work with your bill of rights and your emotions and how you would, how you would assess those two things to, to understand which direction to go? You're saying that's your liahona, it's those two things. Yeah. Do you have an example of how they work together? Absolutely, yeah. A month ago was a big trigger date for me, but it's been multiple years since I started the healing work and I didn't even know that this trigger day was going to be a trigger day. I woke up that morning and I felt off. I didn't know why I felt off. I wasn't entirely sure what was going on, but I found myself snapping at my kids. A personal boundary of mine is I make my decisions based on my values, not based on my emotions. So snapping at my kids is entirely emotion-based responses. So what's going on that's making it difficult for me to follow through on a boundary of mine? So I had to stop and pause and I evaluated, am I feeling the spirit in my home right now? Am I feeling these things? And then I went back to my needs and I noted that my need for, this is almost the same thing, self-care, that I had a need to be taken care of that day. So I, I 
noted, oh, I'm feeling anxious. And if I pull up my feelings wheel and I find out that anxious is tied to feeling like I'm maybe being threatened, that I'm not safe, and I go, okay, feeling anxious. Why am I not feeling safe today? And then I realize, oh, I'm not feeling safe today because my body recognizes that today is a big trigger day. And instead of prioritizing self-care and safety, I'm just planning to pretend like it's any other day. It's just go to work, take care of my kids, and I don't have that available. So looking at my Bill of Rights and looking at my needs and recognizing that I needed to have some self-care, then I was able to make decisions like calling the individual or the sessions that I had that day and saying, today's not a day that I can work. I phrased it better than this. But today I had to prioritize that day. I had to prioritize taking care of myself, which I define self-care as like if I were taking care of my child, if she's hungry, I feed her. If she needs to be outside, I make sure she's outside. <laughs> if she's dirty, we take showers. I, that's how my, what my self-care looks like. And this day I was anxious and I was not feeling safe simply because it was a trigger day. And so something that I needed to do was get outside, connect with someone, because I know that connection helps me stabilize in those moments. I needed to have my mind do other things. And so I included a personal boundary for me that day of I'm not going to be able to help and give and teach because I'm already feeling so anxious and unsafe myself. So this day I'm going to prioritize self-care. It's kind of a roundabout answer. Did that answer your question? Or what questions did it bring more? Yeah, I I feel like sometimes I'm, you know, I'm feeling that kind of like brain fog and like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not feeling focused on anything and I'm not sure, you know, what the problem is. How do you get to that problem? How do you get to the point where you go, oh, that's what's going on here. <laughs> you know, I need to focus more on this self-care or whatever aspect of of my needs so that I can get to the point of where I can focus more on, on what I need to do at this point. So I don't, I don't know yeah. how do you get to that <laughs> realization of this is what I need to do. I guess it's practice or whatever, but. Practice for sure. It starts with just an awareness an awareness of that friend that's come into the room. Hey, feeling what's going on today. Like, let me just get curious about what ha what's happening, because as you learn what's going on, then you begin to see what needs to be different or how you can adjust. But if you haven't practiced just acknowledging that it's there, then learning what to do about it is going to feel impossible because you can't solve a problem if you don't know a problem is there. You can't acknowledge a friend if you've got them shut outside the door like the night. You can't take care of that. So first you have to acknowledge that they're there and and hear the message that the emotion is trying to teach you. Why is it there? What does it want you to know? Is there something in your Bill of Rights? Is there a need that's not being met? What does this emotion need you to know? Looking back at this scripture in Ecclesiastes, he says, a wise man discerneth both time and judgment. So we're not going to feel any evil thing as we're paying attention and following the commandments. But that doesn't mean that we're just going to we're just going to hand all of our controls over to our emotion. We still have to have personal boundaries on how we interact with our emotions. They are our friends. They do not come into my life and then suddenly live my life for me. My friend comes in and we chat. And then I still have things that I have to do that, that day. So I'm going to behave according to what I've already figured out. So our understanding of what our friend wants us to know 
is important, but that does not have to be the deciding factor in our day. And that's where another inclusion boundary can come in. So one of mine is I make my decisions based on my values, not based on my emotions, which means I've put work into figuring out what my values are. What are my needs? What do I value? What kind of person am I? What are my bill of rights? What's that vision for myself? What are my I am statements and how do I choose to behave? So many times growing up, we kind of learned the language of, well, you have an I am statement. Your I am statement is the young women's values theme. You have an I am statement. It's your patriarchal blessing and that that's who you are. That's where you go to find your answers. Anyway, I'm just thinking certainly those are things to consider, right? Well, writing your bill of rights, but so much of it has to do with our own personal experience, where we're at right now, and what we're noticing about our feelings, who are also our friends and getting to know those feelings, and then listening to what they have to tell us about not just necessarily who we are, but what we need or what we have the right for or yeah. Yeah. And I love those examples of where we can get the I am statements to begin with. We can start with things that we already know. Young Women's Theme, the Relief Society theme. I don't think it's actually called theme, but it's beautiful. I think it's it is different. full of incredible I am statements and your patriarchal blessing. So there's a difference between your Bill of Rights and your I am statements. But they can they can work together. Like I use to help me determine, determine's not the right word, to help me in moments where I'm feeling unsure about what I do, I have an I am statement that came to me one day in the temple when I was praying and needing help as I was going through everything. And it is, I am a strong, confident, capable woman of God's kingdom. And that's just, that's just my personal mantra now. It's just my I am statement. It's not necessarily in my Bill of Rights, but it certainly informed it. That if I'm going to behave as a strong, confident, capable woman of God's kingdom, what things do I need to make sure I'm experiencing regularly? What's in my Bill of Rights to ensure that I'm able to do that? Can I just make a comment? Yeah. I just feel like this is so mind-blowing for me because I've always seen boundaries almost like a boundary for everybody else's whatever. And, and so I just love how it's giving us responsibility as well. You know, like it, it helps us with our own actions to be that person we want to be as well. It's not just protecting ourselves. So I, I guess I just love the distinction that you made and how you're teaching us already how to just, it's, it's so cool how the boundaries actually make us the person we want to become, you know, whether we're, and so I just think I, yeah, thank you so much because I really have never understood that in boundaries. I've just kind of felt it as a protection and like, people so people don't hurt you or to th that type of boundary but this is like really neat to understand that these boundaries they really help us as well become that person if we're not doing enough it helps us do a little bit more if it's too much it helps us pull back so I don't know that was really helpful for me thank you I'm so glad you found it helpful because I feel the same way I feel like lots of times in in recovery worlds but also just in like self-care worlds we talk about boundaries and it's always relating to you teach people how to treat you type of things which is feels like a boundary on another person which there are protection and, and safety boundaries we can talk about those 
But I really feel like the power comes in inclusion boundaries of defining who I am and what I will do and what I won't do. And the first step in like boundaries with kids is defining, defining yourself, defining what things you're okay with, what behaviors are not okay with. Why aren't you okay with those things? What treatment are you okay with? What are you not okay with? And that's the definition of a boundary of who am I? Who am I not? What am I responsible for? What am I not responsible for? And just learning where those limits are. So you define yourself like a fence around a yard to help you know which area you're in charge of taking care of. You only take care of the area inside your fence. Anything outside your fence is not your responsibility. You're only in charge of the things inside your fence. And we, but we have to set up those fences. We have to set up the definitions before we can begin to consider where to take care of things. So actually, depending on how much time we have left, can we just share takeaways like some, like Jen just did? Like, here's what I'm thinking about this. I love that idea. Yeah. Okay. What's your takeaways? I feel like it's, this is like a journey. And it sounds like from someone who studied it quite a lot, that it being able to be like, oh, there's a new feeling. I'm feeling something, you know, and then, oh, okay. And then, and understanding the tools that I have and, and that the journey goes through it, that it's a process. And it's kind of exciting, you know, that, that I would be able to get how I'm feeling and be able to, it seems like putting a boundary on myself seems to be, like my feelings seem to take me for a ride and, and to be able to put a boundary on that, like it, yeah. So my takeaway is this is something that is going to take time, but I'm willing to do it. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Take time, but going to do it. What I was th just thinking of is that you have to really be in touch with your emotions and understand how am I feeling right now? And for someone like me who's been told that how I feel is not important my whole life, it's, it's really hard to connect and understand the emotions that I'm feeling because I've repressed that so much that it's hard. It's kind of starting on square one for me, like, okay, what emotion am I actually feeling right now? And is that a frustration because I can't feel what I'm really feeling? Or is it the emotion that I should be feeling that's bothering me? And so it's like layers and I'm trying to understand. And, and when you, you don't, when you haven't learned that emotional intelligence, like, okay, right now what you're feeling is, and let's label that emotion as, you know, it's like almost like you have to go start from square one and understand what emotion you're feeling, what this what this is labeled. And then, and now how do I take care of that? <laughs> so it's, it sounds kind of like a, a daunting task to me <laughs> to go through all that. And then, and then to have, you know, like of what I, who I, you know, what I will or won't do or accept and won't accept in my life, you know, that's just another layer on top of that. So a lot. <laughs> a lot. Can I respond to that? How do you usually do takeaways? Can I respond? I also am a Relief Society teacher, and I end all of my lessons with, as you heard messages today, it either made you feel like, oh, okay, here's something that I can improve, that I can work with, or it made you feel, I could never do that. That's way too much. I'm discouraged. And there's a talk called Divine Discontent. That talks about the difference between divine discontent, which is, oh, here's something that I can improve on. It will be okay. Versus discouragement, which is saying, this is too big. There's too much, right? 
Discouragement is going to be a satanic distortion of this feeling of discontent. And so I'm just going to, if you, I should end this one the same way. If you're feeling this going, there's too much. Look at all these steps. This was super overwhelming and super confusing. Acknowledge that. Say hi to your feelings. Hey, overwhelm, what's going on here? And then also acknowledge that maybe Satan also doesn't want us to feel like we can do anything. He wants us to be miserable. So if he can take anything that I've said today and in your mind go, oh, see, I'm the worst. Look how miserable I'm going to be. Look how I'm feeling. I'm just miserable, miserable, right? If he can do that, he's really excited about it. So watch for that tool that he uses to get us to feel a little bit miserable about ourselves and about what we can accomplish and just be aware of it. And we're going to start by just acknowledging emotions. <laughs> Nothing else matters. We're going to start by just saying hi to them. Hey, overwhelm. Hey, discouragement. Hey, frustration. Hey, what up? Just, we're just going to talk and just acknowledge them. I've literally driven in my car and said, oh, hey, anger. What's going on? Out loud, talking to myself. Because that's where it starts, is just acknowledging them. Small steps. Good. So are you saying that when we're learning to just notice if we're having that kind of satanic spin on the direction of, hey, I, this is going to be too hard, way too much work for me. I'm kind of confused right now. That what we're looking for is the feeling of this could be helpful. I, I could start somewhere. I can do this. Yes, that would be great. But sometimes it's a really hard jump to go from the satanic spin of overwhelm to this can be helpful. So the first step is just acknowledging the feeling. That was overwhelming. It doesn't have to have power over me anymore. I'm just going to say that it's there. Hey, overwhelm. I don't have time to talk to you at the moment. You just go chill on the couch. But I, I see that you're here. Very good. I love that. I that The way that you're saying that talk to your emotions. I do a lot of self-talk and that's how I've handled so many things. Like even though I I had, I was married, but I, I'm the one who had the weight of having to, you know, help my different children with all of their different things. And that's self-talk is how I was able to, but the way I, but I never did that. And that is just like, wow, just, hey, anger, what's, what's up? you're there or hey this and that I think is that's going to be so neat for me to implement this week as I'm going and you know today and the next few days to really focus on implementing that I think is going to help me to to recognize me myself and that will help me I love the idea of the bill of rights that is just amazing to to think of and the I love how I like being, you know, order in things. You feel more comfortable. I like how you have the, you know, protection, safety, and personal inclusion and the boundaries that there, you know, if there's these categories that helps me to sort out my feelings, sort out the things that are going on in my life. And it was having the scriptures to, to back that up, so to speak, like in Joshua, I, I never thought of that, how, you know, setting those boundaries. And I'm like, okay, I studied that, but I didn't even get that from there. And it's so neat how the scriptures, like they're so applicable to us in our lives now. And, you know, studying right now, the Old Testament, what we're learning there, I keep finally finding all these things that are like, wow, you know, there's this, these people are the Joseph and they, there's all these things that we're, we're, able to implement and I love 
how important it is to remember our identity and participating in this is going to help us. And as we identify who we are, we know what we really can do and what we really do have control over. And yeah, it's just really powerful. So I'm excited, really excited. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Do you have anything you'd like to add for takeaway? So I did feel the overwhelm a little. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to start. But I did like the idea of writing a handbook to your daughter or your little sister or someone and starting there. And I feel like doing like the Bill of Rights and figuring out your identity is a good opportunity for Heavenly Father to tell you how he feels about you and just how important you are and how valuable and that you are valued and need to be validated and just, yeah, how special you are. So I think it's something, this step is really important to start out with so that we do realize that we are another human being that needs so much that we can't just give and give and give, that we matter too. So I am excited to talk to Heavenly Father about it because I know he can help me understand what I need to understand about myself and then how I can teach my kids to value themselves their, themselves, and help them be more healthy in their life too. Thank you. So good. And Ashley, I bet you're just about there for time. Do you want to yep. just do a, do a conclusion for today? <sighs> conclusion is boundaries seem super overwhelming and there's a lot of aspects to them. We had a whole page at the beginning, right? Of I need to know this and I need to know that and I need to know this. And so it feels large, but really boundaries always come down to determining what is my responsibility and what is not. Where do I start? Where do I end? What's in my yard? What's out of my yard? And so everything we're just going to set aside for today. We're not going to walk away carrying all of these things. We're just going to leave them here. I've written them down. Your brain doesn't need to keep track of them anymore, right? I've got it all written down. You're just going to walk away with contemplating this week. What's in my control? What is not? Where am I at? She's currently screaming and tantruming because the green bowl is lost. Is that in my responsibility? Nope. I can't find that green bowl. So we're just going to let her do her thing. And I'm going to take a deep breath and be in control of what I can be in control of. Or she's currently mad at me because she doesn't get to have her phone right now. Well, she, I'm not in control of her emotions. I'm only in control of mine. And not having her phone was an appropriate response, right? Like just, just everything that we interact with. Boundaries are really just what is in my control, what is not. My therapist used to say, not my monkey, not my circus. So whenever, whenever you're up against something that's not in your control, not my monkey, not my circus, I'm going to go on. And I have all of the other questions you have written down. So you don't need to hold them. We'll make sure we talk about them. So good. Thanks everyone for coming. That's so awesome. Yeah. It kind of sounds a little bit like mothers, you know, like there's, there's just three kinds of business, your business, my business, and God's business. Or the mothers, you know, there's three spheres of influence, right? And the one that's the most powerful and that has to be cared for the most is right there. You. Yeah, so good. Love it. Ashley, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks for listening. Did you note any questions?
Well, get ready to note several wonderful things Mothers You Know has for you. But first, I want to express a special appreciation to the incredible women who added so much to this series. We love you, ladies, and thank you for your generous service to all of us. First, Tuesday, August 30th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, come join us with your pockets full of your questions at our 90-minute Q&A with Ashley Lovett in our Warrior Mothers You Know meeting all about boundaries. You will be happy to know that Ashley Lovett is offering an awesome boundaries class starting in September. See more info about this in the show notes. You might want to get to know Ashley better. Check out our Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast channel where she shares her two-part story, episodes 119 and 120. August 23rd, our Stay by the Tree Messages of Hope webinar series starts at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Ashley will be presenting her message of hope to us on August 30th. Join us Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Mountain Time for our online Mom Power Live meeting. All women have mother hearts. We are currently linking arms in our open enrollment Mom Power training series. This online self-paced class is free to all women. It offers a live connection with other moms who are seeking for more peace, purpose, and hope through Christ. Come and connect with us. We need you there. One of the super empowering things offered at Mothers You Know is Team Mom Power. Women are connecting weekly in small collaborative groups, applying mom power principles in attentive, powerful, heartfelt ways. We are stronger together. We are crushing the enemy of our soul when we defy isolation and power up with like-minded, Christ-centered women. Your team is waiting for you. And if you missed any of this information, it's all in the show notes. You are amazing and so appreciated for listening. We would love to hear what you're thinking about our Boundaries series. Let us know by emailing mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Did you note any questions? Well, get ready to note several wonderful things Mothers You Know has for you. But first, I want to express a special appreciation to the incredible women who added so much to this series. We love you, ladies, and thank you for your generous service to all of us. First, Tuesday, August 30th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, come join us with your pockets full of your questions at our 90-minute Q&A with Ashley Lovett in our Warrior Mothers You Know meeting all about boundaries. You will be happy to know that Ashley Lovett is offering an awesome boundaries class starting in September. See more info about this in the show notes. You might want to get to know Ashley better. Check out our Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast channel where she shares her two-part story, episodes 119 and 120. August 23rd, our Stay by the Tree Messages of Hope webinar series starts at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Ashley will be presenting her message of hope to us on August 30th. Join us Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Mountain Time for our online Mom Power Live meeting. All women have mother hearts. 
We are currently linking arms in our open enrollment mom power training series. This online self-paced class is free to all women. It offers a live connection with other moms who are seeking for more peace, purpose, and hope through Christ. Come and connect with us. We need you there. One of the super empowering things offered at Mothers You Know is Team Mom Power. Women are connecting weekly in small collaborative groups, applying mom power principles in attentive, powerful, heartfelt ways. We are stronger together. We are crushing the enemy of our soul when we defy isolation and power up with like-minded, Christ-centered women. Your team is waiting for you. And if you missed any of this information, it's all in the show notes. You are amazing and so appreciated for listening. We would love to hear what you're thinking about our Boundaries series. Let us know by emailing mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. See you next time.